What's up, everybody out there in internet land? Welcome to the Remote Gaming Podcast, episode 12. The RGP is a podcast made by gamers for gamers and comes to you, the listener, each and every week from two friends who live on opposite sides of the country to bring you the hottest gaming news and industry insights, as well as an in-depth topic to culminate our discussion of that great pastime we all love video games i'm one of those gamers and one of your hosts joseph king joining me as always is a man who makes ryan reynolds the second prettiest man in the room kevin corkum hey joseph what's up what's up buddy i don't know have you ever been in a room with ryan reynolds no i have not ever been in a room with ryan reynolds but that would so be maybe uh, a good room to be in maybe yeah i know right if, if i'm in a room with ryan reynolds did you hear what happened to him he uh my wife was telling me last night he signed uh he owns something he he got paid something for 600 million dollars i think he sold his vodka company maybe okay yeah, i think he did have 600, vodka. Yeah. 600 million million dollars. yeah that's he, he doesn't have to make another movie ever again uh, well a lot of these guys only really have to i mean it depending on how you live you really only have to make one movie <laughs> yeah that's that's very that's extremely true poor robert de niro he's he's gonna be lucky if he clears what 60 million this year poor guy yeah yeah Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> what's been going on in your life kevin well this morning we dropped our dog off he's got to get uh, knee surgery he's got a kneecap issue they we took him to get checked one 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 vet said he's fine another vet said no he's definitely not fine so we took him to a specialist uh up in maitland so it's like 40 minutes away and they were like yeah he's got like a, a luxating patella basically so his kneecap pops out of place and they were like, we usually um, we have a scale like on one to four, basically, of how bad his his knee is. They were like, his left knee is like a two point eight. They were like in a three week we, we deem surgical. So we want to get that done now since he's so young. They were like his other knee also kind of is a little strange, but it's not. It's only like a one point five. So we don't have to do anything on that knee. And we may never have to. They were like, but we should really get this knee done. So we made the appointment. He's uh, we dropped him off. God, I was up at the ass crack of dawn. You know, you know, when you wake up early, like for Which a flight that, that or has something, to be the ass crack is, I think, the earliest you can wake up. Yeah, I, I was up it and I didn't <laughs> sleep well. Like I yeah, the ass crack of dawn is 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 for me anything before seven is the ass crack of dawn. Okay. So I went to bed around midnight. And I, I was supposed to wake up around six and I was up spry as a chicken at like, what, probably 4 a.m. Uh, and could not fall back asleep. So I'm running on a little sleep. I got a little I got a little nap when I got back home. But yeah, we, we dropped him off this morning, drove all the way up there and all the way back. And uh, girlfriend's working now. So but I want to talk. OK, so, you know, when you you know, when you have that certain type of hunger, when you wake up early, you know, like for a flight or for something you're not normally doing it during the day right. you get like that hunger like you haven't eaten in like five days yeah that's a very strange phenomenon so i i ate a little breakfast this morning had some coffee and we started driving there i'm like god damn it i'm like i am so hungry like i'm probably hungrier than i've ever been in my entire life and uh yeah i had to wait till i got home to eat sucked so you probably, it was an you probably woke up right as your stomach was digesting everything and it was just yeah. like oh okay and your brain's like feed me exactly exactly you know i pooped and got all of it out of my system <laughs> and my body was like you're you're empty you're there's nothing inside of you to keep you going which is just not true but you know whatever the body is strange that was my Should brain what about you uh it's been a morning um my 
wife is currently home now. She's not feeling very well. Uh, we're knocking on wood, praying that it's not COVID related um, because of our day and age and things that are going on. That has to be the, that's like, it just sucks that that has to be the first thing that comes to mind. Right. Oh yeah. Like there's billions of other reasons people can get sick every, every day. But now because of the world that we're living in and the way things are, you're, that's what you, that's where your brain automatically assumes and you're right. just like, Oh God, is this it? Yeah. But, um, and then the, the little one has been, uh, she started off great. It was kind of like a marathon. We start off like just this sprint to just go and we're doing really good. She's watch sitting there watching secret life of pets and eating her breakfast and everything. And she's in a good mood. And then dad decides, uh, I set out this chicken and I was going to like cook dinner now. So I don't have to do right. it later. Because uh, a it was fr- uh, you know frozen thought out chicken I didn't want it to sit in the fridge for too long it already sat all day yesterday so I was like ah let's go ahead and cook this so uh, while I was cooking she did not make my life easy and was very <laughs> fussy and now she is down for the count so hopefully the uh, Mister Sandman stays of course Mr. I want like, this, yeah that one I want that one I don't want the one from Metallica being around my daughter you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, so we did not get a letter from Brandon this week. (gasps) We actually did not receive any reader mail. So if you're listening, I don't care if you know us personally or not, if you're friends of the podcast or you're, but if you're listening in general, write into us, give us an email let us know how we're doing and things like that. You can write in to remote gaming podcast at gmail.com. And you can also reach us on Twitter at remote underscore gaming 20. We really, really want this thing to grow. And we know, I know we have listeners. I get texts from friends and from yeah. people. And, uh, we've actually got gained a couple of new listeners that, um, are, are starting to grow through our social media means and things like that. But we, we want to help make this podcast better and we want you to be a part of it. So we can't do that unless we get questions, comments, and concerns thrown into us every week. So just write in, tell us how we're doing. Ask us how we're doing. Ask us a random question like Brandon did. Uh, what's our favorite fucking restaurant? I don't give a shit. Just talk to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, shoot us an email, like whatever you want to talk about. We, I mean, we, Hey, we shoot the shit at the beginning of the podcast. Anyways, send us a question about anything. Who you want to know something about Joseph's life? Ask away. Well, we're, we're an open book. We're, we're, we're here to grow this thing. We're here to build a, a community of people that want to play games together and want to talk about games. So right in, you know, start the conversation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at the core, it is a video game podcast, but I would love t- for where we, you know, we catch up on each other's lives for the, about five, 10 minutes and then, you know, getting in, in the community involved and talking to them and seeing what they're playing or doing, or even if they don't even want to talk about video games, if you want, if you're listening to this and you don't have anybody to talk to in your personal life, and if you just want an out or something, you know, we could, we could make this a, a cathartic therapeutic experience for 20 minutes before we get into video games. I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm just here to... Uh, hang out with Kevin and have fun and get to know a few interesting people. So write into us. Let us know how we're doing, what you want to hear, how you're doing. And Kevin, with that, let's get right into the, well, let's do it. What have you been playing? Sorry, excuse me. I well, forgot. We used to do, we used to do that at the, after the news. So I'm kind of in that mode, right? We've changed what we've been playing before news. So Kevin, what have you been playing? 
Um, I've been playing. I played a lot of Warzone this week, believe it or not. Um, so Same. like. I uh, I jumped in. I had a couple. I mean, my my friends from college play Warzone. That's the game they play. It's really the only game they play. Um, so they've been hitting me up a lot, and I've been playing. I streamed the other day about three and a half, four hours of me uh, playing with them. We got a couple couple wins, uh, and you know, it's it's strange because I'm really pretty good at Warzone now, um, but. I, and I like playing it with friends, but I, I think solo queuing in that game is just god awful. Um, yeah. But I, I, it's, it's weird because I enjoy the game and we would have had another, well, put, we would have had another win. We died to hackers. Um, at the, the final circle, it was just us and we all got lasered and they were a hundred percent hackers. They didn't miss one shot on us. Their names were strange or like COVID something, which is apparently pretty common for hackers in Warzone uh, for their, you know, gamer tags and clan tags to be. Um, and that was really disappointing. Um, we ran across a couple glitches. Um, I know their Warzone's really struggling with glitches right now. They have like a one shot shotgun that literally just downs anybody uh, that's like cl- anywhere close. Um, they're they're yeah. They, they fixed the gun glitch apparently, but in fixing the gun glitch, a bunch of other things broke, uh, which really just fucking sucks, man. That they can't get it right. So I've been playing Warzone. Um, my opinions on it haven't changed too much. I still think there are too many people on the map. It's fun. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I haven't jumped in yet to play the Rogue Company update. They updated new map, uh, a couple small fixes, a couple nerfs and buffs to different uh, rogues. I have not played that yet. I want to. It came out yesterday, and I got wrapped up with Warzone. Um, but I did play a couple rounds of the new season of Apex, which I really like so far. Um, I really like the changes, and I, you know, it just kind of goes back to why I think Apex is my favorite BR is that they add all these new things. You can now, there's like a small crafting system that you can use. Um, the the buffs for all of the legends feel really good. Um, mm-hmm. Legends that were taking a backseat in the meta uh, got buffs. There's, there's a new legend now, right? There's a new legend. Um, I played one match as her. Uh, she's got this awesome minigun, and she sets up little portable um, like uh, shield things that you can shoot through, and you get uh, bonus damage uh, when you shoot through them she's really cool i'm interested so one of her, her abilities is a minigun or does it does she just is a minigun now in the game but that's like mm. her signature in the trailer no it's it's her that's her weapon that's her alt is she puts out she can put down three so each person in your team can grab a also minigun. Like turrets they're turrets yeah they're basically turrets okay. yeah they're okay. minigun turrets yeah um so it's uh i really like it i think Apex just does a really good job with their updates. And, um, you know, now all of the shields, too, are like Evo shields. Um, so you don't just pick up blue anymore. And they've also decreased a lot. Of, they've decreased the shields. So, uh, you know, gray now is like, uh, is is basically nothing. Um, blue is one, I think. And, uh, and, well, no, blue is... Yeah, blue is one, purple is two, but you level them up. So basically it doesn't matter as long as you're getting damage on your enemies, which is cool. Um, so they've reduced time to kill, essentially, is what they've done, um, which is great because they they said they really want to try to 
encourage better position play throughout the game instead of just okay. the team that has more shield being able to kind of you know tank a little bit more damage and and so they're really trying to work on that cooperative aspect of apex which i love um so that's really uh that's really good i'm gonna probably play more after this but what about you what have you been playing well, so it's funny, you, say, you know, all the shit that I have talked on Call of Duty over the last couple of months on this podcast uh, has kind of went by the wayside. Not now. Granted, I still think I think they, they fucking need to figure out how to compress their files to where I'm not installing 220 gigabytes on my SSD on my PC because that is just that's insane to me that, 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 that it's 2020 and you guys are not compressing like and the reason why for this. They're, they don't compress their environments. Most games, to make room, uh, the, the textures and everything, the, those files that have all the textures are compressed. Well, these are not, and I don't know why. I, I have no unearthly idea why Activision does not compress the file, or uh, excuse me, Infinity Ward does not con- compress those files. Um, maybe they ha- they're having issues trying to port it to different platforms so they leave it uncompressed i have no idea but just the fact that it's that that huge of a install size is absurd to me um you know i i had a couple of friends kept uh that i work with and that i've known for many years even before i worked with them um but uh they kept telling me you're like yeah man just reinstall we're playing we're playing and i tried to these are friends that i tried to get to play the game when it first came out as i no 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 no. look i've put in over 300 hours of this shit like, like this is, it's your turn now. I, I don't want to play that game anymore. And I didn't because of all the tr- cheaters, the so- install size and all that. Cause I had it uninstalled and everything. And I was just like, fine, I'll just do it. I need to break something different. Uh, palette cleanse from world of Warcraft. So I'll, I'll install it just to see how the new season is and everything like that. And I had a lot of fun. I've played only a couple of matches with them, but I uh, I really did have a lot of fun again. It's fun with people. I think you hit the nail on the head. The solo queue is terrible. There's way too many people to even have a god's shot in the dart to, to finish in the top 10 in solo. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I mean, there's so much working against you when, when you play solo between uh, they, picking they can't, up loot. camp too much. Yeah, everyone can solo queue. So when it's like the last circle, there's still like 55 people left alive. It's insane. Yeah, the you know, when you're solo, you have to have a UAV. You've got to be popping UAVs. You've got to be um, aware of your surroundings in that way. And a lot, a lot of times it's just uh, impossible to do that solo if you don't have enough cash or, you know, with the buybacks, you want to have enough cash that if you die from some random sniper, you can respawn and it, it just doesn't work well. And it's a shame. I was watching Dr. Disrespect play it and he was talking about how miserable it is to play solos. And I feel a little bit bad for the doc because he can't play with anybody on Twitch right now. So he's been solo queuing everything. Um, it's just, it just sucks. It just sucks. Yeah. I, I, I've enjoyed the game as far as like playing it with somebody like I, so what do you what do you think about it with Warzone what do you think is the the sweet spot is it is it quads trios or duos in your it's quads I think quads. I think quads okay. honestly I think, I think is trios yeah I mean I can see that too I, I with quads you just kind of get one more opportunity to bounce back uh, you know true. someone dies and you know if you lose your log you die to someone you know cheaters or whatever your team can kind of get out of there get in a car 
uh, and go pick you up. And you always have, generally speaking, someone's going to be alive unless you get completely wiped. Um, so that that's that's kind of my sweet spot. I like playing trios as well. Um, I've just had more fun in the last couple of days playing quads. Yeah, I I can feel that. Like I, I was I was very nervous to to go back into it. I was like, man, I bet I'm gonna get my ass kicked. There are people that play this game like every day, every second of every hour, and I literally have not touched Call of Duty in like maybe three four months and so i was like oh boy this is not gonna be good and i went in and i was like i gotta play some uh deathmatch before just to just to get my feet wet again you know what i mean to get the fills so i didn't yeah. so i don't freak out when i'm in war zone and it's all tense you know what i mean so <laughs> i i went in and i played uh deathmatch and i destroyed <laughs> i was like i went like 24 and 8 and then 21 and 11 in the two matches and then went back into war zone and had like five or six kills and we just we couldn't get it together as a team i think we were having some issues but it was a lot of fun i did have fun but uh yeah been playing Warzone. Um, I recently got two games for free from the Epic Game Store. Ooh, bad words to Ooh. PC owners. Uh, but the Epic Game Store is actually pretty cool. Um, they give a free game away monthly. And last month I got uh, 20XX. It's basically a uh, roguelike uh, 2.5D. Well, more more 2D side scrolling. Like it's very very uh pays homage to Mega Man and you know me that's my favorite game series and uh it's uh a lot of fun it's it's short it's i think a lot easier than Mega Man games but it, for what they were going for it was an indie game and it was developed it started as a kickstarter in like 2014 and cuz they were like we didn't think Capcom was ever going to make another Mega Man game and lo and behold they did but this studio kind of a uh, very small team kickstarted a game it's a lot of fun I think you can get it on PS4 Xbox One Switch and PC I just downloaded it on PC and I had my fun with it a little side scrolling 2D action doesn't ever hurt anybody and then the most recent game I got for free on the Epic Games Store is Remnant from the Ashes I'm uh, so jealous I have not played much of it. I just kind of started it up just to get my feet wet and see how it is. And first of all, the game runs like butter on PC. Um, I don't have the world's greatest PC, but I don't have a bad one either. And it just runs well over 60 FPS. It's very fluid. Um, it's It basically borrows mechanics from like, you know, the Souls games. It's basically, if I had to describe it as anything, I'd probably call it Dark Souls with guns. And uh, it is difficult. The one thing I don't like about it, it does seem like the enemies throw in some areas of the, of depending on where you're at in certain levels, it'll throw more enemies. Not that you can't handle, but it, it because of the movement and the third person aspect of it, when you're focused to say you're getting attacked from the right, you can get flanked from the left very easily by a large number of enemies. And it kind of, you, you end up taking damage and it seems to happen like that right before a boss room. And so it, it, it's, it does have its moments. Um, it is, uh, does have a multiplayer mode in it. Um, I have not touched that yet. Uh, I think it can be co-opt the entire, the entire campaign is, can yeah. be co-opt. And, uh, but yeah, I've just been playing solo and it, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, I, I'm going to go back and do that. I just, wow has its hooks in me so much that I have to, keep uh, getting my character ready for the pre-patch that comes out for uh, Shadowlands in 
think pre-patch will probably be coming sometime in September. And what that means is in World of Warcraft, the world's going to start to change and get ready for the new expansion. And they usually have like an in-game event where you can go get a lot of really cool gear before the expansion ends. So just been kind of getting ready for that with WoW. But that's that's pretty much all I've been playing. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I've always wanted to play Remnant, so I'm living vicariously through you right now. It, it's really cool. I, I'm definitely, that is definitely going to be a game I go back to. That's probably going to be like a, a game I finished. That released last year, didn't it? Or was it 2018? Might have been two years so, ago. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. No, last year, last August. Last year. So it's, it's just barely uh, August 20th. So two days from being a year old. So wow. a lot of fun. Uh, very, uh, almost like an indie type game. Uh, developed by Gunfire Games and published by uh, a Perfect World or Perfect World Games. Uh, they kind of Gunfire Games really the only thing they ever did was they helped THQ Nordic do Darksiders two and three, but they've never made a game. This is their first game as Perfect World Entertainment. So, or as uh, excuse me, as a Gunfire. So, based in Austin, Texas, too. That's kind of cool. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. All right, Kevin, let's go kick it over to the news. What's our first news topic of the day? What's, right. Surely, surely no, everybody's playing nice, right? All these companies are getting along, aren't they? Yeah, I'm playing a lot of Fortnite on my... Oh, wait. Um, so oh, You can't do that on your iPhone, <laughs> can you? No, I can't. All right, so this comes from Andy Chalk via PC Gamer. Epic seeks restraining order against Apple's devastating response to lawsuits. Uh, last week wrapped up with a bang as Epic Games filed a lawsuit against Apple over its mono monopolistic practices on the iOS App Store. The move came after Epic challenged Apple's policies regarding in, in-app payments by offering an option to purchase V-Bucks in the iOS version of Fortnite directly from the developer. Apple responded by removing Fortnite from the App Store, after which Epic very quickly unleashed a PR campaign and filed its lawsuit. The risky part of picking a fight is that sometimes you'll get it, and that brings us to today. Epic has filed a motion seeking a temporary restraining, a temporary restraining. That's should know this improper yeah, it's against worded, worded Apple. <laughs> yeah, against Apple after the tech company informed that it, as a result of the violation of Apple Developer Program license agreement, all of Epic developer accounts and access to iOS and Mac development tools will be terminated on August 28th. Epic said in the filing that it expects to win the case against Apple and one would assume Google on, quote, merits of its claims, uh, end quote, but needs a temporary injunction because it will be, quote, irreplaceably harmed, end quote, before that judgment comes if Apple's actions are allowed to continue in ways that go on far beyond just Fortnite. Quote, if the Unreal Engine can no longer support Apple platforms, the software developers that will use it will be forced to use alternatives. The damage to Epic's ongoing business and to its reputation and trust with its customers will be unquantifiable and irreplaceable, end quote. A new lawsuit seeks an order preventing Apple from, quote, removing, delisting, refusing to list, or otherwise making unavailable, end quote. Fortnite, Fortnite updates in the App Store without requiring Epic to remove the option to purchase V-Bucks directly, as well as pro... uh, Prohibition, uh, prohibition against the removal of any other Epic games in the Unreal Engine and warns of dire consequences if the order isn't granted. So, 
the article goes on and on. It's 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 pretty long. But what do you think about this whole Epic versus Apple thing? Do you want to read the second story? So, yeah, and then I was going to say, let, let, me, let me read the second story because it goes in conjunction. So this was released uh, on VGT47 by Sharif Saeed this morning at 8.58 a.m., Apple has responded as uh, Apple has escalated its response to Epic Games' recent move with Fortnite. Last week, Apple pulled Fortnite off the App Store after developer Epic Games violated its rules by allowing players to bypass stores' built-in pay- payment system. Epic anticipated that move, swiftly filing legal papers against Apple and mo- uh, mobilized fans to put pressure on the tech giant as part of the hashtag Free Fortnite campaign. On Monday, Apple informed Epic Games that next Friday, August 28th, it will terminate Epic's developer accounts and completely cut it off from iOS and Mac development tools. Uh, This also extends to Epic's membership and Apple's developer program. In response, Epic filed for a preliminary injunction against Apple in the hopes that it would allow its developer to access while the main antitrust cases resolve. Uh, That's basically what uh, Kevin just read and this says by losing access to these tools and memberships epic would essentially be locked out of distributing ios apps and notarizing mac os apps indeed as epic explains in this week's legal filings this also prevents it from being able to continue offering unreal having limited or no access to the updated unreal engine on apple's platforms can inevitably impact developers who rely on the games but it's per- worth noting and keep in mind the same uh will be continue to be available on windows uh where does the threatens to terminate epic games to have access so it's basically it's pretty much the same with the because your article was a little bit bigger and i think it had that in there so yeah i so you know this all starts because for those that don't know if you play a game on uh mainly this happens a lot on ios but i, I think sometimes on android too um fortnite being the biggest culprit of it is when you go in to buy b bucks you're charged you pay, say you pay $9.99 for a thousand, or I think it's like fifteen hundred dollars or fifteen hundred V bucks for ten bucks or something, right? So you pay nine nine ninety-nine. Apple then adds on a thirty percent uh charge to any purchase through in-game apps, meaning that your ten dollar purchase, you know, just became a twelve dollar purchase, and that two dollars is going to Apple. So people were complaining to Epic, feeling like, hey, we're, we're buying V-Bucks, but, you know, we're not, the price isn't what's promised. We should just get a sales tax. And that's what resulted in Epic Games basically shutting down, uh, or they started selling them at a discounted rate. They bypassed the iOS store and that pissed Apple off and they took it off the App Store. So, I mean... I get kind of where Epic is coming from. And I think what they, what they're doing in the, in the grand scheme of things is uh, I think that's a good in turn for, for companies that are releasing like legit companies, not like scam scams or <clears throat> like, uh, like these little uh, pyramid scheme that try to release just garbage trash uh, games that are full of spam. But there are small developers that are making mobile games that this will in turn help to help them turn a profit. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think, I think in the long grand scheme of things, I think this is good for uh, the little guys out there. And it's kind of cool that, uh, to see, you know, Epic gets a lot of flack, but they, they, they are very, you know, they're not like Activision Blizzard and they're not like EA. They're very, they are very in touch with their consumers and they are doing things that are, I would say 
consider consumer friendly. You know what I mean? And I, I, I think it's a good thing. I think uh, iOS has kind of fucked themselves into a position here that they're going to end up losing any type of anything that has that runs on an Unreal Engine or anything Epic decides to put their hands in. And in turn, you know, what does this do in the grand scheme of things when you think about things like Tencent? Tencent is the uh, majority stakeholder for Fortnite on mobile. The company that uh, Tencent owns helped Epic get it on the App Store in the first place. There's a lot of other games that Tencent owns on the App Store. And with them being stakeholders, I could see Apple eventually shutting down other games too. Yeah, I could too. It's really interesting. I really like Epic's big dick energy here um, going yeah, against Apple. That's what it is. Um, I, I think they're they're saying, look, we have the most successful game on your App Store. We pull this off, you lose. Like You, you lose a lot of money, right? And um, I think that... Yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to end. I really am not sure. But obviously, Apple's going through stuff with X- Xbox right now, basically saying that they're not going to have their xCloud or yeah, whatever it is. xCloud on to iOS now. And that is a little strange. And Microsoft wasn't going to fight that battle. So pretty quickly after Epic stepped in and kind of also tried to fight that battle a little bit with this. Um, and because I mean, that's devastating for Xbox. That's devastating. If you can't get Apple to to agree yeah, I mean, to... A lot of people own... I mean, iPhone is the largest owned phone on the planet, right? Right. And so, you know, they didn't... And the reason they didn't want xCloud to run on iOS is because Microsoft is the developer of Android. And so they didn't want them putting a product on the App Store. And now what that, that, that pigeonholes you know, Phil Spencer and everybody, they're, they're looking into xCloud as being this very cool user-friendly thing to, to kind of play your games wherever you are. And if, you know, the majority of their install base have iOS devices, yeah, that's, that's devastating. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's devastating. So, uh, you know, Xbox is, is hurting in that aspect right now, too. Um, it's... I don't know. It's it's going to be really interesting because obviously Apple is is sort of the creme de la creme of uh, of mobile devices, and the App Store is, for what it's worth, uh, the biggest app store on in the world. You know, and if your game's not on the App Store, you lose out on a ton of business. And Apple knows that, and they're also playing their big dick energy. Um, I think, I mean, I honestly, I don't know enough about things like this to predict how it would end, uh, but I can't imagine it ending good for video games um, on, on on Apple devices. I, I think that, I think it's possible that they could rule in favor of Apple here and say, look, if you're going to put a product on their, on their app store, yeah, they have the right can, yeah. to take 30%. And it's it sucks, and I and I I, I hate that for developers. Well, what they should be doing is they should take thirty percent, not charge an extra thirty percent. Exactly, that's and the that's, problem here, right? And that's why I don't think Epic's going to lose a lawsuit because they're they're making out they they're not. I think they already have to pay. Epic already has to pay a fee to Apple to have their game on there in the first fucking place. 
they're charging the 30% extra to the consumer. That's not anything that hits Epic's bottom line. It's charging people. And so I, I think that's okay. Okay. That alone, I think that makes it to where Epic's not going to win or Epic will win the lawsuit. I, I mean, I, I hope they do. Epic I has, hope they do. Epic has a lot of money, but Apple has fuck you money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, no, I, don't I agree. Know. It's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll be, if, we'll be following up can, on this every week. Yeah. If anybody can take on Apple, Epic could, you know, as far as right. any other publishing company goes. Uh, the other outside of like the big guys like Sony and Microsoft Epic because of Fortnite's success and the money that they now have as a company and the use of Unreal Engine and the money that they get from licensing it out. They, they definitely have fuck you money too. It's just not on the levels of Apple. Apple. So. Yeah. They so. Ch- Apple charges yeah, what's you next, an arm and a leg for a phone. That yeah. a minor upgrade over the last. I heard, right. I heard that they're, uh, I heard they're, uh, their own employees don't even get discounts. Yeah. Any they, so <laughs> it depends. They don't get discounts on new shit. Um, like the new iPhone, they won't get discounts on, but they're kind of encouraged to buy because they are supposed to be selling it a lot of the time, yeah. you know, especially the sales people and people working on the floor. It's all, it's all very interesting. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I don't upgrade my phone every year. I'm kind of in every other or every, you know, once every three years because the difference between 10 and 11, it really isn't much. Um, but the difference between 10 and 12 generally is a significant bump. Um, yeah. I don't know why they haven't gone to biannual, but I mean, obviously it's because they make money. So <laughs> that's, that's the reason. Yeah. All and, right. And here we go. Can, yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, I mean, look, it, I have a Mac. I, I, I am very much invested in the Apple ecosystem. I really enjoy their products. Um, I, I, I think they make really good stuff. And for that, I, I applaud them. But some of their business practices, I'm not always uh, super yeah, they're, fond They're pretty of. shady. It was funny when all this news broke and me and Kevin were talking about uh, getting it ready to get in a Google Doc to go for the podcast. Because we, we we stay in touch with each other throughout the week as, as breaking news happens. And when all this happened, Kevin texted me. He goes, yeah, fuck Apple. And then he sent me <laughs> another text that said, as I... As I text from an iPhone with using AirPods a MacBook, <laughs> using a MacBook with AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean that's, fuck, that's yeah. how I feel. I'm like, oh yeah, the worst. Right. Except I'll buy everything. All right, next, <laughs> the next, uh, next story is Apex Legends season six has been released. This comes from Sergey Sin Sign from NME. Never heard of them before, but here we go. Uh, Respawn has released the complete list of patch notes for Apex Legends Season 6 ahead of its launch trailer today. Changes implemented can be found via the Apex Legends blog. The patch notes several new features being introduced this season, as well as a number of nerfs, buffs, and bug fixes. Season 6 will see the arrival of a new character, Rampart, who was recently revealed, as well as the introduction of the Volt SMG weapon. I forgot about that. Other features headed to the uh, 2-2, it says... (laughs) Uh, other features headed to to the include <laughs> uh, crafting system, a brand new map. That's not even true. And uh, a major <laughs> a major tweak to how armor works in Apex Legends. Legends, it's not a it's a tweaked map. They tweaked World's Edge. Well, um, Kevin, why don't you tell me about Apex Season Six? What's going so, on with it? <laughs> so yes, they. It tweaked, sounds like whoever wrote this fucking article doesn't have any no clue. Idea. 
Yes. Um, so they changed, they buffed the recon class. So Pathfinder, Bloodhound, and Crypto are now able, all able to use survey beacons. Um, usually it was just Pathfinder. Now it's all of the recon classes can use it, which obviously is really? a nerf. That's kind of cool. It's a nerf for Pathfinder, but it's a buff for Bloodhound and Crypto. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty big news. Um, and uh, let me see. So yeah, Bloodhound was massively buffed, so he's going to be uh, part of the new meta. I feel um, a number of balance changes. Or she, he, I guess. Bloodhound received um, the, the the alt for him or her. It's her, yeah. I think it's a I think Bloodhound's a woman. It's it's voiced by the uh, voice actress that was Olga in Metal Gear Solid Two. So I don't I'm not assuming Bloodhound's gender, but it, it she still has that same voice. So I'm assuming it is a woman. Great. So Bloodhound, uh, her alt is better now. It's quieter, I think, and the duration or the see that the duration is longer or you know what let me just pull up the goddamn patch notes so i can walk through some of this here because <laughs> there's i mean there's a lot a lot a lot that they updated in season six which is why it's difficult to kind of culminate everything um mm-hmm. because it's it really is huge so there's a new armor meta with season six we're introducing some big changes for the way armor works first off all armor in the game is eva armor when you find a white blue or purple armor on the ground it's a pre-leveled evo armor it can be picked up like normal and continue to be evolved red armor is not ground loot and can only be achieved through evolving gold armor is not part of the emo track and found at rare locations um now they said here so last big difference uh, sorry i i kind of like i was i was looking at something else at the same time um sorry (laughs) no you're fine all armor now is evo armor yes Hmm, i don't like gold armor is not evo armor so, but the only difference between purple and gold, it's still the same amount of armor. Purple and gold is still four or five bars or whatever. And, but gold armor does like what fast charging yep. or something. It does the fast charging. Yep. Yeah. Fast ult- ability charge. Correct. Ability charge. And also when you use a, a battery, a shield battery, if you use a small one, it, it, uh, it replenishes two quickly and if you use a regular shield battery like the the big one it it's it's like a two second recharge but evo armor can still evolve to purple correct purple it can actually go to red so what is red red is red armor now gets you 200 health so it's so the last big difference is that all armor is coming down by 25 health. This means players with purple and gold armor have 175 health, not 200. Red armor gets you 200 health and you can no longer get to 225. Um so like this our to, goal trying to distinguish I feel like we're trying to distinguish what's what's the covid what what level are we at? Today's a red day. Blue, yeah. purple, green, no, orange. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a little confusing. But the ultimate goal for them, they say, is to bring down the time to kill uh, to be to better reward strategic positioning. Like kind of like I said earlier, um, let me see. Obviously, Sorry, new battle pass, um, the recon class Pathfinder. So let me see here. Uh, Bloodhound um, base of the hunt, which is his um, his alt now gains more duration when Bloodhound scores a knockdown or a kill with the ultimate about to run out. Um, so beast of the hunt duration extended from five seconds to five to 15 seconds based on remaining duration Eye of all father during beast of the hunt is from goes from oh, 25 seconds to six seconds Eye of the all father total use time during beast hunt mode is goes from 1.6 seconds to 
So that's a massive buff for Pat or uh, for Bloodhounds. Um, okay. Yeah, there's some changes to Revenant, Gibraltar, Bangalore. Everybody got a little bit of a buff here or there, um, buff or nerf. But yeah, there's a new a new weapon. It's it's really good. Quality of life bug fixes obviously uh, comes with any patch. Um, there's the crafting system. We all know RNG gods aren't always in your favor. With season six, we're introducing a crafting system. Find materials throughout the map via loot bins or material stations, then take them to a replicator. In the replicator, you will find eight different pieces of loot you can craft if you have enough materials. Some of this loot on uh, rotates on a weekly basis, but you'll also be able to see what's currently craftable in the game mode selector or the map screen. So hmm. it rotates, which is really cool. Um, Apex is just always reinventing the wheel a little bit and i love that i love that it's different it feels different every season um unlike a lot of other games like war warzone just kind of feels still like warzone with more guns um and they're actually changing the way this game functions and you know for better or for worse obviously it's early so i haven't really heard anybody bitching about it but i've played a couple games and i really liked it i thought i thought it added it, it adds less stress to finding a good shield right off the bat because if you get any shield you get into a fight you deal some damage you're already getting a better shield you know and i never touched the evo shields ever i never touched them but now that everyone has evo shields i'm i'm excited to see how they function hmm very interesting I, I may I may hop in and check that out with you a couple of times. I just I don't know. I I I put I played so much of that. I think you know unless I'm playing with you, I don't really intend to ever play Apex again. Yeah, that makes that, sense. that's that's untrue. You never know when you're gonna play a game again, right? Like yeah. I've I've installed uninstalled and installed Skyrim forty seven fucking times. So <laughs> on forty seven fucking different devices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, next news item. This comes via Adam Bankers at IGN. Ghosts of Tsushima Legends, a free online co-op mode arriving in fall 2020. This sounds awesome. Uh, Legends will be free. Or excuse me, I'm going to read. That's the update. Let me read the original story first. Ghost of Tsushima Legends, a free online co-op mode, will be available to owners of the PS4 exclusive in fall 2020. Legends is a new experience and does not feature Jin Sakai or his companions, but instead focuses on four warriors who have been built up as legends and stories told by the people of Tsushima. While Ghost of Tsushima's single-player campaign focuses on an open world and exploring natural beauty of the island, this new co-op mode... Uh, is haunting and fantastical with locations and enemies inspired by Japanese folktales and mythology and an emphasis on cooperative combat and action. Legends will be exclusively co-op and it can be played with friends or via online matchmaking in groups of two to four. There will also be four different classes, the samurai, hunter, ronin, or assassin, and each one will have unique advantages and ability that will be revealed in the future. With two players, you will be able to play a series of co-op story missions that will increase in difficulty and you will build a foundation of Ghosts of Tsushima's gameplay with new magical twists that often need you to be synced with your partner. Uh, with four players, you will be able to take on a wave-based survival missions, and you and your team will need to work together to take on the toughest enemies Tsushima has to offer, in addition to the new Oni enemies with supernatural abilities. Ghost of Tsushima Legends will also feature a four-player raid that will arrive shortly after a launch of this mode, and it will send you and your partners to an entirely new realm to challenge a brutal, terrifying enemy. Um, this is completely a hundred percent free. If you already own ghost of Tsushima on PlayStation four, uh, it sounds like what they, they may try to move forward with it being a, uh, 
standalone in the future. And it sounds like, honestly, I would not be surprised if on PS5 at some point we get what's called Ghost of Tsushima Online, and it's just this, but expanded. I I, I think that's definitely possible. This is going to be really, really cool. Um, given the combat of this game and how solid it is, playing with your friends, and I mean, it... The video, if you haven't seen the video, go watch the video. It looks amazing. And the mm-hmm. fact you can raid and do missions and yeah, we're going to be dropping into this a lot, I think. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm super stoked to, you know, finally pick this up and play it. Um, But now it's like they're adding this to it and it's just like a lot of content for free. Like, what, what, what are you doing, Sucker Punch? This is 2020. Don't you know you have to charge some money for that? <laughs> This is Sony throwing around their, you know, their energy, their big dick energy in a way, right? It's saying, hey, you know, we have this. Everybody loves this game. Great. You're getting more. Oh, by the way, it's free and it's online and you can play with your friends. Boom. I think that's super cool. And what that does, man, like think about it, too. It's 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 banking on these free to play methods for like games that are BRs, you know, that are all free to play. And what it does is it keeps you engaged with that game. So people that are playing that game are going to stick around and and, it, you know, it, it's smart. Who knows if this was a sucker punch decision or if this was a Sony decision, but I, I'm sure it was a mixture of both. It was probably sucker punch's idea and Sony came up with the idea to keep it free because what you're doing is you're keeping people engaged with your console. Oh yeah, I mean a hundred percent going someplace else. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's 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 brilliant. It literally is brilliant. So I'm stoked for it. I can't wait to play Me that too. game in general. But yeah. I'm gonna wait till I get a PS5. Yeah, that's a a good plan. All right, next story: The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword listed for Switch on Amazon. A listing for The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword recently appeared on Amazon UK, implying that the iconic Zelda title will soon receive an official Nintendo Switch port. The listing was spotted by Wario64 on Twitter. Of course, if you don't follow him, go follow him right now. He breaks all kinds of news. He's incredible. Go follow him. Um, Mm -hmm. So, excuse me. As you can see, the game is clearly listed as a Switch port in the title. While there is no release date attached to it right now, pre-orders are are already open, indicating that it will be available to Switch players sooner rather than later. Nintendo has been teasing Skyward Sword re-release for ages. Back in 2018, The Legend of Zelda senior director Ijai Awanuma, Awanuma said, uh, We know that you are thinking Skyward Sword for Switch, right? As a result, it is the most surprising listing to pop up. However, it is nice to see, to finally see some confirmation that the project is really in the works. Are you excited about this? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, neither am I. Um, um, my thing is, is there are so many other better Zelda games that they could have put on the Switch in an anticipation before the release of the Breath of the Wild sequel that, from all intents and purposes, is probably just going to be an expansion more than likely. Or, or it's I think the Breath of the Wild sequel is going to feel more like an expansion other than its own unique game. I think it's going to be just just the mechanics are just going to be too similar um, to Breath of the Wild. And the art style obviously is the exact same. So I I was hoping for. Now, granted, I did say when we did our, our top games of this gen, I did say Breath of the Wild, in my opinion, is the best Zelda game. And I still I will always feel that way. But games like Majora's Mask um ocarina of time 
hell, even I think Twilight Princess is a better game than Skyward Sword. Uh, this is just, I don't know why they chose that one. Maybe the, I think was Skyward Sword the last game before Breath of the Wild? I think it was. Um, like the main, main yeah. Zelda game. I think it was yeah. Skyward Sword. I, th- I, I think, think so. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to look that up, but I think it might be. Uh, write in at remotegamingpodcast at gmail.com and tell us if I was <laughs> wrong about that. What was the last game released before breath of the wild but i think it was skyward sword and maybe that's why maybe it's easier to port but you know we got we got uh ocarina of time 3d and um majora's mask 3d for the 3ds you could they you know you could easily port those those ports to switch like why are we not getting that and maybe who knows are we getting a uh are they gonna do what they did with um is 64 coming next and We'll kind of talk more about some of this stuff in our in our main topic. Uh, Nintendo is going to be front and center of today's main topic, but I I don't know. Like, I just feel like there's better Zelda games you could have done. Oh yeah, and I, I'm going to save I'm going to save some of my my commentary until we get there because I I, I kind of have a lot to say about this specifically and Nintendo moving backwards instead of forwards. Yeah, that's what they do. Are you done with that then? Yes, sir. Okay, cool. Final news topic. Very short news week. Uh, Hey, look, it's those remote gaming podcast guys talking shit on Microsoft again. Nope. Phil Spencer did it himself this time. This comes via (laughs) Cianmeyer at VG247.com. Phil Spencer says Microsoft's approach isn't about selling more consoles than Sony or Nintendo. Now, I wrote this in the Google Doc. I said, Phil Spencer says he doesn't want to sell more consoles than Sony or Nintendo because that's basically how I'm taking this. Uh, Xbox Phil Spencer recently stated that Microsoft isn't concerned about selling more consoles than Sony or Nintendo. Spencer made the statement during an episode of Gary Witta's <laughs> Animal Talking podcast. I, I mean, honestly, good for Gary Witta. Yeah, I mean, he broke this, right? And he got Phil Spencer on there, and he, yep. that, that thing seems to be popping off. He's had actors on that thing. I think he's had Elijah Wood. All kinds of crazy shit on Animal Talking. Very weird. But anyway, uh, which you can check out in the video embedded below. It's clearly separated into chapters, so you can skip to the relevant. I'm not going to link the video. But if you want, go to uh, YouTube and look up Animal Talking. And it is the most uh, recent episode, which he has Phil Spencer and Lisa Loeb, which is very odd. (laughs) Weird pairing. Yeah. Um, If, quote, selling more consoles than Sony and Nintendo was our approach. We wouldn't put our games on PC. Spencer said, quote, we wouldn't put our games on Xbox one. We wouldn't do X cloud. Wait, what? That doesn't make sense. We wouldn't put our games on Xbox one. We wouldn't do X cloud and allow people to play games on their phones. How many consoles do I sell versus how many consoles does other companies sell? Sony or Nintendo or other companies back in the day. That's not our approach in quote. Spencer went on to say that Microsoft is attempting to build experiences around players, which explains initiatives such as games pass X cloud and allowing people to access first party exclusives via range of different platforms. In fairness, given that halo infinite has been delayed until 2021, it's become essential for Microsoft to lean into its services as opposed to focusing strictly on hardware without its intended launch title. It's also worth noting that a variety of previously delisted Xbox series or excuse me, delisted Xbox 360 titles recently appeared on the Microsoft store, which could be good news for those interested in next gen backwards compatibility 
especially given the versatility Microsoft affords players now across Xbox, PC, and mobile. On that note, Sony's PS5 output is expected to be double that of Microsoft with the Xbox Series X, although Valve boss Gabe Newell recons the latter. That latter is better. So, Kevin, what do you, what do you make of this? Um, what, do you, what do you think of him saying our goal is not to sell more consoles than Sony or Nintendo is as the head of a company that, that there is this capitalist market, that this is a competition, whether people want it to be or not, it is a competition. What do you make of those comments? Oh, I think, I think they're really bad. I I think, I think that is a statement of someone who's given up in some way and doesn't feel like their product's going to be able to compete. Uh, that doesn't, to me, bode confidence in what they're doing right now with their systems, um, especially with the with the launch of a new system coming in within a couple months here. When they delayed Halo, we obviously knew that was a big problem. And, and it doesn't, you know, okay, oh, well, if we were really concerned about selling Xboxes, we wouldn't put our games anywhere else. It's like, all right, put your money where your mouth is. Put Halo on PS5. If that's yeah, really that, not your concern, yeah. if that's really not your concern, you don't care. All right, put it everywhere. Give us Halo everywhere, right? Because right. if it's if you just want to make games or you just want to whatever, you know, be a software company and and you know sell hardware, kind of put your money where your mouth is. Actually, do it. You know, if if that's what you want, Xbox, and you that's what you think the future of Xbox is, you need to come out and clearly state it. Because doing this kind of wishy-washy, well, we don't really want to sell more consoles than anybody else, and we don't really care about our hardware, that doesn't bode well. Uh, like, uh, that does not make me want to buy an Xbox. So, I completely get where you're going, and I'm right there with you. But I'm going to be kind of glass half full devil's advocate. I'm fine with what he said. Because it's what I said they're doing anyway. I said that they're going to, this gen, they're moving more towards a company that is focused on uh, just getting their product, their software on as much hardware as possible. I, I think I've said for since before we even saw the Series X that I think that console is going to be modular. I think this is the last Xbox console that gets released. So this might not be the last PlayStation console, but this is definitely probably the last Xbox console. I think they're, you're going to see exclusives. I, and I think, Kevin, I, for with everything you just said, I think he's going to. I think it is. I, I, I told you when we watched Halo and all that, I said this is coming to PS5 in the next few years. I think it will. I think it's going to. I think you're going to see Xbox games, uh, maybe not at first. And I think that ball is in Sony's court to do that. They already have one Microsoft game on PlayStation, you know, Minecraft. And so it's it's not like they're they're completely opposed to it. But when it comes to main mainstay flagships, I wonder how who it's it's going to come down to. It's almost like with what's going on right now with them announcing the price of these consoles. Who's going to clip first? And that's another thing too. If you don't give a shit about selling more, then release a fucking price so Sony can at least either under or overcut you. One of the two. Somebody right. It, I'm, we're sitting here waiting for these prices, and we're literally three and a half months away from the consoles being released, if that. Um, and we don't have a price. And that's not good for as a consumer. I want to know what I'm saving up for and how much I need to save up for. And we haven't had that yet. So from that aspect, I think these comments are kind of like, okay, well then bro, tell us how much your system costs so we can get it. If you don't give a shit about selling it or, you know, charge super cheap for it. If you don't care about selling them. Right. Yeah. It's gotta be one or the other. 
Yeah, but I, I, I do think uh, they are in the process. I think a lot of things are going astray that are behind the curtains with Xbox Game Studios. With uh, It sounds like 343 is in dire straits. And I, I they don't have the... And I, I, I don't mean this the wrong way, but it, facts are facts. They don't have this quality studios that Sony has, right? And and once contracts are up, who knows what could happen, right? Like they could totally go to Microsoft, and I'm all for that. I don't give a shit. I don't care who owns what. But as of right now, Microsoft does not have those uh, first party quality studios such as Sucker Punch, Naughty Dog, Sony Santa Monica. These these companies that make these outstanding games, you know, and so many third party companies like uh, Activision Blizzard are in bed with Sony because every time there's a Call of Duty, there's at least you know, I mean, there was uh, Modern Warfare had. Uh, they still don't have the 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 mode that what is it Spec Ops or whatever what is it called that's on oh, PlayStation. I have Jesus. Um, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. That mode is coming to Modern Warfare on Xbox One and PC here in the fall after the new Call of Duty comes out, but it's been exclusive for a year. So Rockstar Games always has exclusive shit on all their games with Sony. And so if they're... It does kind of... I get where you're coming from that it sounds like defeat, but I think he i think he is going i think all these things these tea leaves and all these moves that microsoft is making are are moves that are being made from what happened this last gen with ps4 and xbox one he's trying to learn from his mistakes he realizes he can't catch sony and he's going to do what he can to make as much profit as he can and make the xbox brand kind of like a brand not just a console does that make sense? I think that's where he's headed, and, yeah, I, and I, I don't think I don't I don't think it's necessarily conceding defeat. It's 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 altering your attack. Yes, yeah, I, I yeah, I I just if I, if I'm Phil Spencer's boss, I'm telling him to shut his mouth because I want to sell as many consoles as possible. Oh, for sure, I'm sure I'm sure Bill Gates would love to hear. I, I is not thrilled about these comments. Yeah, it just see yeah, it's just a little strange to me. I mean, I I, I get where they're where they're where they're going with it. Um and I and I understand what he means. It's just to me a little strange that he said that. Like I it, it's a little unnerving and um not yeah. And I just don't know if it bodes well. I'm worried about Xbox. I, I am too. I I'm I'm worried about them as a uh as a con, I like I do th- because of everything that's going on that we've seen. I, I think th- it's kind of clear that this this is probably going to be the last console generation in general, probably. Um, but I, I think this is the last Xbox console that gets released for sure. It's possible for sure. So that was the news. Um, you know, we 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 sit here and we we talk about Xbox and Sony a lot on this podcast. One company we do not talk about a lot um, that they were the OGs before Microsoft and Sony is a little company called Nintendo. Um, we have the PS4 and Xbox One out right now. Uh, Xbox One X is touted as the most powerful console that's out right now, which it is as far as hardware goes. Um, you have games on PC. You have the PS4 Pro. And then you have the Nintendo Switch, which to me... As far as hardware, it's somewhere in between last gen 
and this gen. And when I say that, I don't mean comparing it to the Wii U or the Wii. I mean comparing it to like PS3 and Xbox 360 and PS4 and Xbox One. I think it's somewhere in between. Kevin, what can Nintendo do to compete with Sony and Microsoft after the PS5 and Series X launch? Because if if that hardware is already that far behind for this gen currently, what 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 do, what do you see them doing? What do you want them to do? What what can what can Nintendo do to to remedy this situation? They can Stay bring us. The they can bring us better games. They can do what Nintendo does best and make really good games. Now, I've criticized the Switch for a really long time because of its technical issues and limitations. And I think I think all of that is is very valid. And I think they will come out with another skew and it will be like, you know, the Switch Advanced or something like that, right? Where it's going to be a little bit more beefy, a little bit more powerful and probably play similar to a PS4 or an Xbox. With that being said, obviously, they're still going to be behind technically. Uh, and that's not Nintendo's strong suit they don't build they build great machines but they don't build powerful ones um and they're what makes nintendo unique is the nostalgia factor and the ability that anybody can pick up mario and play and have a good time Mm -hmm. you know that is the power of nintendo that is what nintendo does better than anyone else is they have these games that are nostalgia-ridden for older people like us and fresh and new for young people. And, and when you when you say these games, you mean their their mainstay IPs like I'm um, talking Zelda, Mario, and, yeah. Zelda, Metroid, Star Fox, Smash, things like that, right? Exactly. That that's that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about their main IPs. Um and I think Nintendo's sweating a bit um, because they've been a little bit quiet, right? Well, Pokemon's probably the last big release uh, that came out on the Switch. Uh, It's done really well. It reviewed very well. I'm sure it's phenomenal. I will play it one day. Um, But with that being said, I don't know what's down the pipeline here. We know Breath of the Wild 2 is in development. That's going to be their next, you know, flagship Switch title. Um, Breath of the Wild is probably yeah Metroid. We don't know where that is either in development, right? What what's the was it twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one was the release date we got a long time ago? The sequel to Breath of the Wild? Oh no no no! I'm talking about Metroid. Oh Metroid! They never had anything. All we've seen for Metroid was a a teaser and a logo that said Metroid Prime Four. Yeah, so that's a ways off. And I, 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 I'm worried about the state of that game. And I, I think they're in a Final Fantasy VII remake situation. They don't know who the fuck is directing that thing. Yeah, it, it's it's not looking good. I mean, Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be is going to be good. Right. And Breath of the Wild is arguably the best game on the on the console still. And it was there at launch. That's a bit of an issue um, in my in my opinion. um Mario Odyssey was fine. Um, wasn't it? Didn't blow my socks off. It was good. It was the Mario game I, I wanted. I wanted something similar to sixty four, and I think they did it. I think Odyssey is very, very close to Mario sixty four. 
um, in the way it controls and plays and feels, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, but it just it wasn't what I exactly what I wanted it to be. Uh, and, and I love Zelda. I think Breath of the Wild's good, but yeah, uh, they need something else. They need something else. They need something to set them apart from, they, they need people to go, Hey, yes, all of these super powerful beefy consoles are coming out and you're going to be able to, you know, play in 4k and 120 Hertz and whatever else. Right. But over here on Nintendo, you're going to get this unique gameplay experience that only we can give you. That's how Nintendo stays relevant. That's the only way, I think. What about you? You know, I'm right there with you, but I'm really fucking tired of this gimmicky shit. Like, we've had three straight Nintendo consoles that are gimmicky. Four, if you, I mean, they, they've all had some kind of fucking weird niche to it, right? Compared to like what Sony and Microsoft do. Ever since the release of the uh, PS2 and the Xbox One, you know, the GameCube had to have these tiny fucking discs and they had a handle on the back because who the fuck's carrying their GameCube with them wherever the fuck they go? And then, you know, the the accessories for the Game Boy Color and the Game Boy Advance and all these little things that they they think people want and they really don't. They just want functionality. And then, you know, you had the Wii and I just, I have a love-hate relationship with the Wii. There's some really great games on the, on the Wii, but I hate the, the fucking controller. Like, and using, you know, a, a, a rod that's connected to your one hand and have to, I, I hate motion controls. I've always hated it. I hated when Sony tried to do it with the with the with the six axis in the in the uh, on, on the PS3 when it first came out, and and I I hated that shit. And you know, the the Wii U, which really wasn't much of a leap from the Wii at all, and then had this screen, but you couldn't really go far away from the receiver on the controller. You know what I mean? That big controller that they had that looked like a game I didn't gear. even yeah I didn't even own a Wii U because that's how fast the console either. was. It was bad. It didn't really have many games on it. I think Breath of the Wild is the only good game on the Wii U and maybe like new Super Mario Brothers. So they've always had this 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 shtick of, well, our shit's not as pretty, but it's so cooler. And it's like we have all these other little toys. And it's what's what's that stupid thing that they tried to sell that is like in back stock of GameStop that has like the, the cardboard that you oh put your switch God. in the card labo 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 right i think Wasn't so it called labo? It's, yeah it's some it's so stupid like people just want to play your games you guys have some of the best ips of all time and can get some of these other third party studios to get back in bed with me and like like square enix and and these companies that could bring all these games that should be on nintendo consoles but aren't because your 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 games suck your your console sucks it can't keep up with the the hardware now i i love my switch it is like the perfect thing for me as a paramedic sitting there on an ambulance with downtime but it's not like i'm when i'm home i have my pc and my my ps4 pro like why would i touch the switch at home right that's the yeah. thing is is they have lot they i think people are they have their 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 
main group of fans that are going to be Nintendo through and through those Nintendo fanboys that'll just buy every Nintendo console ever and they won't buy anything else. There are people like that out there, but that's not enough to sustain viability in a console market. And I think I really, 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 really wish I really wish with all this shit going on with Microsoft that they would just merge that Microsoft just buys Nintendo or buys a stake in them and say, Hey, we're going to build your console. Think about that. Think about if, if Microsoft had the Xbox series X, but you had fucking Mario or breath of the wild on it. Do you know how big of a game change that would be? That would, how, what that would do for them in competition with Sony. Oh, it'd be huge. They could, they could win. You know what I mean? If you, if you want to call it, consider it a competition. If, if Microsoft did something like that, they would win. Now that's probably never going to happen. I, I think you're going to see Xbox games on, on Nintendo. And I think you may one day, maybe, maybe, maybe see something that is exclusive to switch, go to Microsoft, but it's never going to be Mario or Zelda. Those they're not giving that up. And they're, they're so like, it's crazy that they make sure that their game, they have some kind of policy in place that when you go buy a used game from Nintendo, it can only devalue like five. They have it set where they don't want to lose profit at all ever. So their used games are still like 55, $60. Oh yeah. And, and so I don't know. It's, I, I just kind of, I'm over the, I just wish they would try to, I want to see what happens if they tried to make a console like a PS4 Pro or a PS5 or an Xbox Series X and said, we are going to be here competing this because because you would think they would want those third party games like Call of Duty and Madden to look and run the same way that their competition does. I mean, you can't even get caught on Switch. It's impossible to do that. So, you know, I I think they're really missing the mark and in, in getting into that AAA space. And now do they need it? No, Nintendo's been around forever. They're they're not really below the red or anything like that. So they really don't have a reason to 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 do the things that we want. But I think is as, as think about how great it would be to have had the Switch running at sixty F or Breath of the Wild running at sixty FPS and four K. You know? It would have been, been great. And and the issue is, is that I need a reason to plug it in at home. Like, you got to pull me away from my PS4 and my Xbox. You you have to give me a reason to plug it in. And Animal Crossing, for a lot of people, has been that reason. And Pokemon has been that reason, right? And those are kind of the two games that have come out as of late that are really great. And I played Streets of Rage 4 on my Switch. I really enjoyed that. I think it's actually a perfect game for the Switch. You can pick it up. It doesn't lose any fidelity by playing it in handheld mode um but i mean that's kind of another little crippling issue with the switch is that it is portable and it's the best and worst thing about it because some games you just don't want to play in portable like there are some games you don't want to play handheld you just do not want to touch them handheld and uh that's a shame like you can't People don't want to play, and we found this with the Vita, people don't want to play first-person shooters on a handheld for the most part. They just don't, mm-hmm. right? It's not their cup of tea. I love it, but a lot of people don't like doing it. The Switch isn't the most comfortable thing to hold in your hands. That's why I said last week to get the satisfied grip, because it makes it bearable. And mm-hmm. I think 
they have to give people a reason to plug it in. And the only way to do that is through better games. You know, like you said, you gotta, you gotta, so, you know, it's 2020. I've, I've, I've told people all the time, I'd rather a game run at 60 FPS than have 4k, right? I'm not a fidelity type of guy, but it's, it is 2020. And when you play the switch docked, it downscales everything to 720 P in 2020. I know. And that's just kind of absurd. I think I think Breath of the Wild can hit like 900 docked, but in or no, it's in in handheld mode. It looks better. Like yeah, the resolution's better, but docked, it runs better or something like that. One of the two. But I think yeah. I think docked has better resolution and better. Um, I don't. I think it's the opposite. It, it riff. Yeah, riff riff for a minute. I'm gonna look that up. Okay. Yeah, I'll riff. Um, I think I think it does. Now the. Even when things run better, you know, in docked mode, they don't feel the same. And and it just, you know, I play when I play my switch, I'm usually either on the go. I'm traveling, which, LOL, I haven't done in a very long time, obviously. Uh, but I, I, I love having it on the plane. I love having it when I'm at uh, my girlfriend's family's house. When I travel down to Texas, I always carry it with me. Um, it's great to have for those reasons but it's hard for me to plug it in over my PlayStation. And there are very few games I want to buy on the switch over PlayStation to be completely honest. You know, I would rather play it at 1080p and have a better frame rate and have everything work and be better. I I don't, I think, yeah, the, the issue with the switch is that it's just not as powerful. And, it's a shame that it's not. I hope they come out with another SKU. It's been rumored that they are, but I so, think. Go sorry, for it. what I what I, what I looked up was uh, docked. It is capable of up to 1080p, but no game can do it. The only game that comes close docked is Breath of the Wild, which is a maximum 900p. Yeah, so they can't I mean, even hit it. There's no game that can hit 1080 on a Switch. And then another thing that I read, I, f- I forgot about too, to kind of bitch about the Switch for a minute, is uh, Breath of the Wild, if you're playing that game and games like The Witcher 3, uh, it only has a three-hour battery life from fully charged. Yeah, it, it I mean, it that's... stay charged at all. Yeah, I mean, I can't even... I don't know the last time I played handheld mode for more than an hour or two hours. Yeah. To be honest, but, because mean, things people, just not comfortable. Take it on a flight or something like that. I mean, if you're if you're like flying from here to like London or Ireland, and you're on a flight, and I, I know we're getting into like first part or first world problems here, but like if you're on a flight and then you know you you, you that's a eight hour flight, right? You get maybe three hours of it, and maybe what if you're not able to charge it for some reason? Maybe your outlets screwed on that that flight. I don't know, and and plus airplane outlets it doesn't matter how charged your switches or not if you're plugged into an airplane outlet and trying to charge while playing at the same time it's it's not going to keep up it's not going to charge fast enough to you you won't be able to keep up so yeah yeah the the battery life is a big big issue and i i I do think you're right i think eventually we will see a, a, a a an advanced switch right i don't want that shit i just make a new fucking console yeah make a new console and either call a switch us the new game boy or something or make a new game boy 
but and to have handheld because I think they're always going to try to do something handheld. That's what Nintendo's always done. They've had a Game Boy, they've had a handheld something every console generation. And I want to ask you this question: Do you think that's the reason why the Switch is so the way it is, and the Wii was so the way it is because they are split up into developing two different types of consoles at the same time that they don't focus all their efforts on to trying to keep up. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. They're trying to do something innovative. They want they wanted you to be able to play docked and and mobile. So they had to make a lot of sacrifices and battery life is one and graphical fidelity is another and uh you know but, but what I'm saying is is like there's always been okay so there was the Nintendo and then there was the Game Boy and then there was the Game Boy Color and you had the uh the the Super Nintendo and then kind of the the 64 at the same time. Then you had the Game Boy Advanced with the 64 and the GameCube and and then the or the GameCube SP was the Advance or the Advanced SP and then the GameCube. And then you had the DS with the Wii and then the DS 3DS with the Wii U. And now we have the Switch which alleviates your need for a handheld device. And so that may have been what they were going for. But what I'm saying is, is that the reason they've pigeonholed themselves to where they, they spend too much time developing these, these consoles, two different things that they have their company and they're developing a handheld and a console at the same time. So no wonder it's going to be behind. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, I, that's a hundred percent the issue. And I, I applaud Nintendo for doing something. And you know what? I, my, one of my roommates right now has the switch Lite, and I really like that thing. Uh, because it's kind of what I want the Switch to be, which is just a handheld, a smaller handheld device. And, you know, I don't play a whole lot of stuff docked. The last time I played stuff docked was fucking Breath of the Wild, probably. You know, I played in Mario Party and things like that, Smash every once in a while. But, like, I mainly play handheld. And to your point, when I'm on a flight, I know I only have a certain amount of battery life. I have to play certain games to make it last the entire flight. Either that or I bring my Vita. I still bring my Vita everywhere, like better, on any it's flight. Better, it's a better handheld console than a than a Switch. I'm sorry, it just is, and it's just a shame that the Vita did not succeed. And if you never owned a Vita, shame on you because you're the reason it fails. Because yeah, that 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 thing was fantastic. It still probably, is fantastic. Probably one of my favorite consoles ever made. Yeah, it's still fantastic. It's it's literally still phenomenal. It had two joysticks. It was small. It was portable. The graphics were good. The screen is beautiful. Um, the games on it are great. There are some. There are so many great Vita games. I mean, obviously Persona Four Golden is one of the best. You know, regarded as as a as a top you know fifty video game of all time, and it's on. Well, now it's on PC, but uh, you know, it was on it was on Vita, and that's why a lot of people bought Vitas just to play that game. And I understand why, both because, you know, it's, I mean, it's obviously a very good game, but the Vita is a great console and you can get a lot of great games on that thing. Mm-hmm. It's they, the, the one thing they should have done was added an extra shoulder button and it would have been perfect. Yeah. But back to, but back to Nintendo, it, I just, I don't know. I'm kind of over the gimmicky thing and I just wish they would make a console that could, could compete. Do you think that could ever happen or are they always going to be one step behind? I, I think it can. I think they have to. Oh, I think they can. have to want to. I think yeah. they have to want to. And I think they, I think depending on the PS5 and, and Series X, they might have no choice if they want to stay relevant. They might, they might move and the Switch will be their portable console and they'll make like a beefy at home console, you know? 
and the Switch will get kind of the the lesser type ports that you'll be able to play both. But you know, the beefier Nintendo, the Nintendo XL will be where you want to play a lot of the games. You know, now to play Devil's Advocate to our own selves here. You know, we, we do kind of sound like we're bashing Nintendo because we feel like they're not kind of in touch with what a lot of consumers want. Like I said, a lot of people like the Switch. I think a lot of people buy Nintendo for their second console, right? Like the, either they're going to buy PS4 and Xbox and then they'll buy a Switch. And that I, maybe that's what they're banking on. And I do have some numbers here. And I mean, it's it's cr- kind of crazy what how much it's not like the Switch isn't selling. So they have sold a total of 55.77 million units worldwide. That's, that's, that's a pretty decent number, but from April 1st last year to March 31st this year, they sold 21 million. And so the company's hardware sales were up 24% year over year. So, people do like the switch and I think that, it, but I think that that's the reason why. And if you think about it, the switch came out in 2017, right from 2017 to now they've sold 55 million units, but they had their most surge from April 1st of last year to now you have quarantine going on. And I think uh, not just quarantine, but I think what happened was everybody had their Xbox one and PS4 and now people are starting to go, okay, I want something else. And they go and buy a switch. And I think that's why the numbers were not that impressive in 2017 because people were still trying to buy PS fours and Xbox ones. And then now I think most majority of the people have one or the other if they're gaming. And I think that they've, uh, that's the reason their numbers are up so high is because people have went and bought a second console and they've chosen Nintendo. And maybe that's what they're, maybe Nintendo knows that. And they're like, you know what? We'll, we'll be the, we'll be the, the, we'll be the compliment to your main course. You know what I mean? Fortnite, Fortnite, yeah. Fortnite yeah. came out on switch. That was huge because all the kids, elementary school slash middle school age that didn't want a PS4 or parents didn't want to get them a PlayStation or an Xbox. The, you know, the Nintendo switch was cheaper. They can still play Fortnite. It's always been safe for parents, right? Right. Exactly. It's It's family friendly. You don't want your your kids playing mature rated games. There really isn't that many on switch. There's a, there's a handful, but it is definitely a more child family friendly device. So, and I think that pushed a ton of units. I think it's. A, I think it pushed a ton of units for them. I really do. I think the Fortnite effect is a big reason that Switch people bought the Switch, and I also think Animal Crossing was a big Animal Crossing and Pokemon sold Switches as well. Um, I think that's why you saw such a big surge. Is be is those three games? Um, is so, Animal Crossing, Pokemon? Because most people, I mean, there are Pokemon fans that only play Pokemon. Like they don't give a shit about anything else. They will buy the Nintendo console yeah. so they can play the latest Pokemon game. And sure. I, I think I think people bought it for that. I think people bought it for Animal Crossing because there are a lot of 20-somethings that grew up playing it on the GameCube and want to, you know, relive it and play more. Uh, yeah, so they they bought the that. console and then all the kids bought it to play Fortnite. And, uh, and Nintendo's got that niche, man. They've got that nostalgia. They've got that it factor that it's really hard to replicate. You know, you can't replicate Pokemon. I mean, Temtem's trying and I love, I know people love Temtem, but like, when you look at those OG Pokemon, everyone knows what they are. Everyone, everyone knows Charizard. Everybody knows, you know, Blastoise. There, it's it's yeah. instant recognition with Nintendo. 
instant. And yeah, their brand. That's what's kept them alive for all this time. Because if if Mario was on Sony and Zelda's on Microsoft, nobody would fucking buy the damn thing. No. So <laughs> yeah, I, I not think at all. To kind of round it out, I think I, I think we're gonna see. Probably, I think you're right. It's gonna be some advanced switch. I don't think. I don't think they have enough in the pipeline to come out with a new console yet to compete with them. I think we're going to see something new from Nintendo within the next two years. I bet we get like an announcement summer next year and then a release in 2022 of whatever next Nintendo thing is. Cause they, that's how they always are. Right. They're, they're always about two years into a generation before they release their the next console. iteration. Yeah. So I just, I hope it's just a completely something different. And if it's if they want to keep it hybrid and do handheld and docked and, and that's fine, just just make it just don't be a minimal step above. I want to see leaps and bounds with Nintendo. I want to, have to I want them to act like they give a shit. But at the same time, we're still buying their stuff. We could bitch all oh, we yeah. want, but we're still we're still going to be there. I'm still going to play the Breath of the Wild sequel, no matter how fucking boring that game is and how much of a, 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 a replica and just feels like DLC. I'm still going to play it day one. Because I, oh, yeah, I love too. Zelda games. I don't think they're as great as people think they are, but I've played almost every single one of them. I've right. played almost every single Mario game. Like I'm there for their games. And as long as they're as long as those that fucking Italian plumber and, and the mute uh hero are around, people are gonna be buying Nintendo games. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and you know, they, they hit that special audience. My girlfriend loves her switch and and spends a lot of time on her switch but doesn't really give a shit to play anything on playstation you know and they they hit that audience they hit they hit those people yeah your 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 girlfriend plays the shit out of her switch right oh yeah oh yeah i mean she's put in the 200 plus hours on animal crossing she's put 200 plus hours in on breath of the wild yeah I mean, yeah, it's it's true. The proof is in the pudding. We they don't need to change anything because they know that they're gonna. Maybe they're fine, and and it's like their numbers are great. They're not breaking records. They're not selling all these copies and things like that. But they are they are positive, and they're making a profit. And at the end of the day, as a company, that's really all you can ask for. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, you mentioned it is a nostalgia factor with Nintendo speaking of nostalgia recently we've had a return of games like crash bandicoot is fixing to get a a sequel uh, or not sequel but a a fourth game in the main series it's fixing to come out which is a direct sequel to three that came out many many years ago and you know you had games that have been remade such as medieval um tony ox pro skater is getting uh, basically a reboot with one and two being full-on remade for the playstation 4 and xbox consoles what are some other series that you would love to see return either as a remake or a reboot? What, what's a, what's a video game series that you have missed from your childhood that you want to see with today's graphics and standards of gameplay? Power stone. And, and this, this, this could be, this could be a remake or a reboot. Power stone. What the fuck is that? <laughs> never played. you never played power stone. Never heard of it. Oh my God. Power Stone was a fighting game for the Dreamcast. And it was, it's like an arena style, like it's 3D and you have special abilities. You can throw objects 
It is one of my favorite games of all time. The game fucking slaps. It's amazing. The <laughs> controls are great. Everyone looks like a block <laughs> because of yeah, like I'm, the, I'm looking at the screen. It's like this Chun Li ripoff. And yes, it, it looks cool. I, I so incredible. that is the one console I have never owned. I've owned almost every console that's ever been released. Never owned a Dreamcast. Oh, the Dreamcast was my console. I mean, that was, it was great. It was a great, it was a great console. I had friends that played it. I just had a PlayStation at the time. Yeah. Power Stone, a hundred percent. This game is, it's incredible. Like the game is so good. It has no business being as good as it is. You could say, (laughs) yeah, that's the one that came to my mind. That is the, and I haven't thought about this game in a really long time. That's the point of the topic. So any any other ones? Uh, I want to see a remake of the OG Pokemon too. Like I want to see like a like a Switch version of it. Um, I want I want Pokemon Yellow remake. Well, I and mean, I know they did that. They oh, did. No. oh, they did it. Oh, yeah. It wasn't the same. Okay, it, it, it was not the same. It wasn't. It didn't. It, yeah. it it was fine, but it wasn't the same. It didn't feel as RPG, and and I think it was the fact that you couldn't fight. If uh, the only re- the only difference is is you couldn't fight Pokemon in the wild to help level up while you tried to fight trainers, right? Right. And and that's. That is the only thing that they didn't put in it, but I, I'm with you. I, I would like something a little bit more, uh, the fidelity a little bit better. I, and I would like to see a reimagining of that those games, like like a like a real RPG, like maybe like either something third person, maybe, right, or like just a complete reboot and reimagining of the Kanto Islands, and just how just see that played out kind of like almost like fable or, you know, uh, shadow of the Colossus. And you're just out in this world and, and you finding, finding Pokemon and battling them. And I think that I, I really want that. Yeah. That, I mean, uh, that's a big one. I'd love to see come back. Uh, it's just, there's so much good shit there and there's so much nostalgia for me and just seeing, seeing it how I saw it in my brain back then, you know, as a kid, uh, would be really, really cool. But it, I, yeah. So, and we, we're kind of getting some of these things, right? Like, and I, I would love to see, I, I just wish Konami would sell their IPs because I, I love Metal Gear and I love Castlevania. And I just, I'm, I'm worried that we're really never going to get another one of those again. And, and games like Silent Hill. Uh, but but games that we just haven't seen in a long time, uh, there are three that come to mind. And first one I'm going to talk about is, like I said, I have my love for Mega Man. There were two games. Two were on PlayStation. Only one, the first one came to Nintendo 64. And I think there was a PC port later. But Mega Man Legends, have you ever heard of this? Is it, was it for the Game Boy? No, no, no. Mega Man Legends originally came out on the uh, PlayStation and Nintendo 64 in 1997. And it's basically, for all intents and purposes, it, it was like Majora's Mask or Ocarina of Time, but in Mega Man. It's a, it's a third-person action-adventure game in Mega Man. Uh, it, you know, Mega Man's known for 2D side-scrolling, but this was a, this was a third 3d action adventure game. And it was almost, it was kind of like an RPG, but not like you would be Mega Man and you would go on these. Uh, he's basically, he's what was called a, a digger in this universe. And he would go on these like remote, uh, they're set in like the distant future and you, and where earth has kind of evolved to mainly ocean, but there would be like some small islands of a civilization left and you'd go 
on these uh, archaeological digs, basically, to find these things called refractors, which is what civilization used to power their cities. And you go, the first game took place, his his ship crashed onto this little, small island called Catalox, and these group of pirates led by Tron, they were called the Bonds, or the Bones, but it was spelled, it was pronounced Bone, but it was spelled B-O-N-N-E, so I always called it Bon, because it wasn't Bone to me. Right. But anyway, the, and the, and the sequel was much better, and it was, uh, I think it came out in like 99 or 2000, 2000 is when it came out. Uh, but this, this game was just so cool, because it was like, it was basically Zelda, but Mega Man. And, okay. And so if you ever get a chance to play Legends, you should go back. Uh, there's so three was a, the 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 reason why I want to brought back, and a lot of people that if you've played Mega Man Legends, if you're listening and you know, Mega Man Legends two ends on a cliffhanger. Mega Man's basically stuck <gasps> in space on the moon. Oh and my so, god! Like fans have like you could look this up, man. Fans have been clamoring for a Legends three for many many years, and there was one reportedly being developed uh, for the PS three. And it got canceled and nobody's heard about it since. So that's that's definitely one of the series I would love. The next one, I would love a sequel to, I don't really, I've told you this before, I don't like JRPGs all that much. But uh, the one that I really did love on the PlayStation was called The Legend of Dragoon. Have you ever played oh, that Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great game. Um, this was, uh, I think it was uh, directed, developed, uh, it was Sony... Uh, Sony, it was a Sony, Sony still owns this IP. It's a Sony interactive uh, entertainment, Japan studio, first party game. And they, I don't know why being that it's a first party game. They've never made another one came out in 99 and we have not seen a sequel or anything to it since. And it was a fantastic hmm. RPG. It's basically plays like final fantasy seven, but a little bit more, uh, not childish. It was very had more mature themes, and the the graphics for the time looked a little bit more realistic. The closest game that I think that's came out that is similar to Legend of Dragoon was a uh, Octopath Traveler that came out for yes, the Switch, which is really very great. good game. Great game, great game. Um, also, I have here uh, written down the Legacy of Kane series. Do you remember those? Yes. Do you know who originally worked on most of these? No. Amy Hennig. Ah, our friend. So the one that I liked more than anything, the Soul Reaver game, uh, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, that was Amy Hennig's first game. It was developed by Crystal Dynamics. They still own the IP. Uh, Crystal Dynamics, for those listening, are that's they're the guys that make the, they've rebooted Tomb Raider. And my thing is they've already had success rebooting one series, why not bring Amy back and reboot this? Yeah, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I, I'm going to throw another game out there. Uh, Batman, I think it's Batman Adventures. Batman, hold on. It's for, it was for the Genesis. Batman, hold on. Batman. Let me see. I think... Batman for the Genesis, full playthrough. Nope, not this one. Batman, the video game, Batman. Adventures of Batman and Robin, Sega Genesis. I was about to say, I was like, there's an A in there somewhere. That game I want uh, remade as well. That game slaps. Slaps. And it is so, so good. It's like a side-scrolling uh, game where you like shoot your 
you know, whatever. Oh, and it's the art style of the uh, the old '90s animated old, TV show. Yes, see, it's and I would awesome. I would love to get a Batman game in that universe. I mean, Mark Hamill already voices the Joker, and Kevin Conroy Conroy voices. Uh, Batman and people are kind of like, well, you, you kind of are in the Arkham games. It, it, that is kind of like a realistic setting, but I want that. I want that cartoony. I want that art style, like how they did Spider-Man ultimate for the yes. PS2. Yes. I would love to see the nineties Batman show be made into a video game again series. I think that would be fantastic. I'm, I'm right there with you with that. That's a, that's a great choice. Just and watching like, that game looks like cool. I can't believe I never played that. Oh man, it's it's really really good. Like it's really it looks good. good. I, it looks really yeah. good. A little side scrolling platform. It kind of looks like a. It looks like honestly, what it looks like to me is that art style of that '90s Batman show. But the game looks like it plays like Turtles in Time. Yeah. So another yes, another game that I would love to see redone is there was a a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game for the PS2. Um. And I played the ever mother loving shit out of that thing. Um, and it's really good. It's like a beat em up, but like a 3D beat em up. Uh, and I loved it. I, I thought it was really clever and really fun. I could maybe, I mean, maybe I would go back and play it now. This is the this is the one on my list that I'm like, I don't really know if it would hold up. But we don't get a lot of beat em up games anymore. Like we don't get a lot of, you know, I, and I, I guess Marvel Avengers is a similar style right to that and mm-hmm. people are kind of oh feels the same and uh, that game's gonna be uh it, it's it's not gonna it's gonna sell really well but it's not gonna review well at all uh i digress i i don't know i think it might be good i think it'll get be i think it will be good i think it'll be worth a playthrough have you seen the, some of the gameplay footage of it not yet don't, don't it doesn't do to me it 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 doesn't look good Really? It, yeah, it just doesn't look good. It doesn't look like it feels good. The characters are kind of like, you know, feel like a little bit weird knockoff versions. Who's, ma- and... who's making that? Is that Crystal Dynamics? Oh, I'm pretty weird. sure. Let me see. Crystal Dynamics Avengers. Yep, sure is. Yeah. It, it's just it's not very good. It, it's it, weird. Like, I mean, the Tomb Raider games play great third person. You figure they could get the Avengers movement down. Yeah, it it doesn't look good, and uh, people are saying it feels very samey, and uh, it doesn't run well. Apparently, not even on PS4 Pro, they're getting massive frame drops. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of people streaming it on Twitch the other day, and I happened to mi- I missed out on it. I didn't get to catch any of it. I tried to pull it up, but I was in an area that it was getting really poor service, so the quality was like three three twenty p or something. Right, it was you terrible. Can see shit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, PC Gamer four hours ago put a, an article saying playing the Marvel Avengers beta killed my excitement for its full release. And that's kind of yeah. the what I've been seeing from everybody but like one outlet who just likes everything because they have to. Well, that's fucking sad. Yeah. Um, you know what game I think if it made a comeback because Sony still owns the IP. If they did it right. And it was still third person, but tactical, fun. I I love this series with the passion. I think the fourth one was not that good. That uh, was on PS3. But man, just imagine to come out and compete with games like COD and Battlefield. You had SOCOM back. That would be amazing too. I've got just, I've got a shooter on the list after this. Remind me because I keep forgetting like, about it. 
like just third person SOCOM Navy SEALs like they did with the where you you are on a squad anywhere from four to six other players and you have to play it very tactical. Like the game that felt the most like SOCOM to me was Ghost Recon Wildlands. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. And so I think if you did SOCOM something similar like that, where it is an open world and you're going on these missions and doing these things, but I just feel like if they really put enough effort and heart into that to get that, and then you have like an online mode where it's third person call of duty, basically like, I think that would just, I think if, and think if Sony had an exclusive like that, that thing would fucking sell like gangbusters. Yeah, it would. Yeah. We, we I, need, I think SOCOM would be really good. And we need another SOCOM US Navy SEALs game. You heard it here first. Vote me as president in November. I will make it happen. <laughs> That's the platform I'm running on. Yeah. I'll bring all right, SOCOM all right. back. What's your shooter? What about this one? 007 Nightfire. Or just a 007 game in general. Yeah. Like, um, Nightfire. What, what was Nightfire? What was Nightfire, Joseph? Nightfire oh, was <laughs> Nightfire was based it was so it was based on the movie Nightfire and well, right. it had all the classic characters in it. It was the multiplayer was so good. So good oh, and the campaign yeah, I, was I good. Played this on, I played this on uh, GameCube. Yeah, it came out on GameCube. That was easily the worst version, but it was on GameCube, <laughs> PlayStation 2. Um, I played it everywhere. I played it on every console. I love it. It it was one of the games that made me fall in love with like first-person shooters. Um, it's, it's really, really good, and it's like an arena-style shooter. Um, and I think if they brought it back, it would do really well. If they kept similar mechanics and controls and stuff like that, the maps were really interesting. The guns were super fun. Um, it was craziness. Like every time you jumped into a match, it was fucking crazy and super, super fun. Um, we don't get games like that anymore. We just no, yeah. get games like that. I would. I, I'm with you, man. Like I love Doom so much, and I'm so glad we get that back. But I want some of these first-person shooter campaign, story-driven games to come back. I know we have Wolfenstein and things like that, but you know, I come from an era where my 007 game was Goldeneye, and that game was just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Now going back and trying to play it on 64 is is fucking. It's super archaic. It's almost impossible to play because your brain has become so used to using twin sticks to to move and shoot and move, aim yeah. and it's just you you move you move with the little yellow arrows on the left and aim with the stick and, and you shoot with the it's so bad but yeah. it, it was such a good game and, and all of those 007 games were fun um recently i know we've already gotten out of the news um i almost put this in the dock uh have you seen the the fan made uh golden eye remake no. Oh my god. It it's 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 running on Unreal Engine 4 and it looks fantastic. And these these two guys have went in and recreated all the levels. They're putting multiplayer up. You could get a code from them if I think if you went to their website and you could download and play it on PC. They just got a cease and desist uh to Ugh. stop remaking it from Nintendo. Nintendo that is another thing we talked about them they don't let fan remakes or fan versions of any of their shit get made like even things like people like I could understand if somebody's trying to make a uh, an old Mega Man game that was on Nintendo or an old you know Mario game but they go who gives a shit if somebody's fucking with Goldeneye right yeah and I, but yeah they they give cease and assist out all the time and they just shut that down and that's a real shame Make it. Make the game then, Nintendo. Make it. 
Yeah. I, I, I just think, I think we are in a time period where technology has evolved and a lot of, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that gets mad at remakes and remasters because what, what that to me shows a is you're definitely going to get the developer is going to put a lot of time and effort because even, even if they're not some of the people that maybe made the game originally, cause that's, you know, people leave studios and things like that. But if they're remaking and rebooting or remastering, like, cause I've been looking really hard into this Tony Hawk's pro skater one and two remake and the passion is there. And that's the thing I think you get. That's why I don't mind remasters, remakes and reboots is because it's somebody's passion project. They want to make the game look and play like the way they thought it was when it first came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I mean, if, as long as they're taking care, right, as long as they're being true to the original product and making it better and whatever, I, I have no issues with it. I mean, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater demo looked incredible. I watched someone play it for a couple hours, and it's literally just the warehouse um, uh, level is, is all the demo is. I can't wait to get my hands on that game. I love Tony Hawk 1 I and 2. Uh, my favorite is Tony Hawk Three. I think that's the best Tony Hawk. Um, fight me! But. I, I'm with you. I'm with, I'm with you there. I, I I love that game. But my thing is, is like I love this series so much, Kevin, that I I played so much of those games growing up. If they nail it, and I'll know if they nail it because I played so much of it. Those one, two, and three. Those those, and then a little bit of four, and then after four, I kind of fell off. I played Thug and Thug Two and all that, but those first four are the ones I really loved. Uh, but one and two, I played so much as a child that if, if they nail it and it has all the levels, like if Skate Heavens there, Mexico, all these places that were fantastic from the first two games, uh, Area 51, and if, if they they nail it and it, the music is there, dude, it might win Game of the Year from me. <laughs> yeah, just most of the music, most of the music is there. There's a couple tracks they couldn't get, but, you know, I mean, it's it. It slaps still like it's so good. And everything I can. Da, 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 da. I Superman mean, it's just like you're like skating gold, around. Gold finger, Superman. Yeah. yeah, Superman. Yeah. yeah, that's like for me, that's like the quintessential Tony Hawk Pro Skater one song. Oh, for sure. Everybody. That's the one song that comes to mind. Um, Are there any others that you'd like to see get remade? Or I mean, series probably, but it hasn't got those a are, sequel. Those are my big ones. I would love another 007 game. I, I would, I really would love another one, a good one, you know, developed yeah, by think- a good developer that's going to take time, develop an original story. I mean, what a great way. And and it could be, I don't care. It could be third person or it could be first person. I, I don't care. There is what's what there was a 007 game. Oh, not um, agent under fire. It was um, uh, everything or nothing was third person, James Bond. Mm-hmm. And it was phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's yeah. great. Great game. I don't care. Just figure it out. <laughs> Just bring it back. Bring Kevin James Bond and bring me back. So calm. That's all we ask. And give me and um, give me Daniel Craig. I love Daniel Craig. What a what a man. I think I speak for sports fans everywhere because we both are. I think we need NCAA football back. Like bad. Like please give us NCAA football back. Like what about NFL way. Blitz? Blitz would be a good one. I heard. Uh, did you hear Two K's coming back? Yes, I did. And I, I loved. I liked Two K more than Madden. I bought Two K every year. I don't only. Tra- I transitioned to Madden after the license thing went up, and I think that was like Madden two thousand eight, two thousand nine. 
that's when I went and started playing Madden because mm-hmm. I I liked the two game two K games more. They were f- funner to me. I thought the graphics were always better, and I, I thought I liked the, the arcadiness of it. I like I'm not a fucking professional football player if i want to sit down and play a football game i want it to be fun right and 2k games were always fun they were always really fun yeah that's i mean i haven't played madden in a long time and i won't i refuse to pay 60 dollars for a fucking roster update me too so well folks that has been the remote gaming podcast episode 12 for the week of august 18th 2020 it is still 2020 it's almost over though we are getting down to the final countdown the nitty-gritty of this shithole year is almost behind us it's i'm just so i i i have not partied on new year's eve ever or not ever but in a long time my daughter's birthday is January 1st. So I really think this year I'm going to just request off for new year's Eve and new year's day and just get shit faced and hang out with my daughter because I just want to drink drink this year away. Yeah. I, you're not going to be the only one. Trust me. I'm going to be celebrating the shit when this year is over. I just, (laughs) God, what a, what a shitty year so far. (laughs) I I hate to, if like, have you seen that meme where it's like, 115959 and he's all smiling and then it says 116001 2020 <laughs> just keeps going it doesn't end but oh. all things all things come to an end including this podcast kevin send us home all right everybody make sure to check out our social media um, we're on youtube we are on um, we are on twitter and uh, shoot us an email at remotegamingpodcast@gmail.com send us your comments questions concerns anything else you might have have a good week stay positive out there play some good video games and we'll see you next time bye guys later